So I watched the cricket yesterday and I saw the two teams playing, the New Zealand teams playing, and they had um, a shirt on and the shirt said Aotearoa, not New Zealand. This was done in commemoration of Waitangi Day because this was, of course, a Waitangi Day match and a Waitangi um, period um, in the series, you know. And that's great. I, did, I didn't know this was going to happen, you see. So I turned on the telly yesterday and went, oh, ooh, that's quite interesting, isn't it? I thought to myself, Oh, I wonder, I wonder if this is the new official uh, team kit for the World Cup year. Would New Zealand cricket be brave enough to go to the World Cup with some shirts that say Aotearoa on it and not New Zealand? So, uh, of course, I went on to uh, into the news, onto Google and all that and found out that it was just for this series. But then I started thinking, ooh, well, what if they did do that? What would you think about that? You know, little by little, inch by inch, to quote someone very famous, <laughs> little by little, inch by inch, things change. Uh, for instance, you know, um, when in the 90s a, a woman decided to sing the New Zealand national anthem at Twickenham and do it first in Māori and then in English, outrage and horror, and now it's perfectly acceptable. Little by little, inch by inch, you know. So, well, would you have a problem with it? And I was talking to my boys... And uh, I said, what do you think? And they went, oh, well, you know, we've missed New Zealand. And then one of my boys asked me, why are we called New Zealand, Dad? So I told him the whole story about Abel Tasman, 1642. He was a Dutchman. He named New Zealand after a Dutch province. And my 20-year-old just went, well, this is just crazy. What has this got to do with us in 2018? And I went, I know. Hello, Peter. Hey, good afternoon there, Andrew. Good, a couple of things about the cricket. Yep. The shirts they wore, I think, are a great idea. Uh, we were overseas last year, and I, I can't remember what it was, but I saw the name Aotearoa on some New Zealand product. It had Aotearoa and underneath New Zealand. On, on a pr- no, sorry, sorry, you've got you, mate, 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 Peter, you've got a funny old line here. Did you say you saw Aotearoa on some sort of product? Of New Zealand product. Right. And I'm trying to think what it was there. It was it, it stood out, and I thought, hell, that's not a bad idea. What do you mean it's not a bad idea? What to to for 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 a New Zealand product if they want to come up with that sort of name, I think it's a uh, it gives us another uh, sort of a bearing to the to the country what we stand for in different things. But I thought after seeing those shirts, I thought, hell, that's a good idea. All right. Okay. Do you, was it? Oh, look, look, look. I, I, I don't think anyone would disagree. It's a great idea over a Waitangi Day um, match and and a series that is around that period of time. But uh, is it a good idea? You know, going forward, long term. Good point. Okay, Jamie. Away you go. Yeah, mate. You've posed an outstanding question, and I've, I've just walked home from work, and I've been pondering it myself. I love the name Artero. I'm keen to change it. But then I was thinking, if John Key, when he put his flag proposal up, if he had also proposed to change the name to Aotearoa at the same time, that man would have got my tick. But he chose to do one half of, of the equation. You're going to do the name, do the flag. Yeah, so so did you tick the flag change or not? No, no, I couldn't stand the options. But you, because you, you're tied to that flag. Well, I was tied because my grandfather fought wars and the Union Jack and the stuff. But mm. if we were to go to the extent of changing our name... I think I'd go to the extent of changing the flag along with it, mate. Well, that's 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 a given. 
You'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course you would. Because we, we already have, you know, like the continent, the new continent we've discovered, Zealandia, which we sit on, that's still giving you ties to the Dutch who named New Zealand. Mm. But Aotearoa is just such a more powerful name. It's our independent name, you know. We no longer teach Captain Cook discovered New Zealand. You know, we, we say he's the first European to step foot on New Zealand. Mm. We no longer say he discovered New Zealand. So history is changing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a great time to change it, change our name, give us a new branding or identity. British. I mean, isn't Māori our official language? Well, you asked a lot of good questions there, Jamie, but um, it is one of our official languages, uh, but English is also. Um, but you the, know. The, foreigners, the foreigners come to New Zealand to see white people. Hmm. My boys didn't know about Abel Tasman. This is not because I haven't talked about New Zealand history with them at length. I love history. And I know a lot about history. We have a lot of books about history around the house. And they have been to good schools and they've done history. Not as a individual standalone topic, but up until, you know, what, what is it? NCAA 11, when you start choosing, they did it as part of the social study modules, you know. But they didn't know that. The National Party, at Waitangi Day, on Waitangi Day, should I say, Simon Bridges said he supports a compulsory program that teaches students about Māori and colonial history. And he said this after the History Teachers Association called for a compulsory New Zealand history curriculum, labelling current teaching and general knowledge of the subject shameful. So he came out and said, we should have as part of our own New Zealand history course, a compulsory part that is there that all young New Zealanders learn. It is incredibly important and children should know our history. What do you think of that? 0800 80 10 80 is the number to phone. And what sort of history should they know? What bits of our history should they know? And I know that my boys, when they were taught the history, were taught, you know, they taught an awful lot about um, Anzac and First World War, Second World War and conflicts, particularly uh, wars. But, you know, when it came to... Michael Joseph Savage, when it came to the mother of all budgets, when it came to what is a dominion, you know, not taught. The Americans, of course, they get this big time. It's part of being an American. Why do we not have it here in New Zealand? So your thoughts about the history and what should be in the history curriculum should it be compulsory? Yeah, Graham, hello. Hello. First time caller. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Um, I'm just interested in uh, what we should teach kids in history in school. Um, you, you mentioned the First World War and uh, um, the Second World War seemed to get a lot of attention. Do you think that's a bad thing or a good thing? No, it's a great thing, but, you know... It, they have a very limited view of New Zealand history. There's much more to be told. Yes, yes, but uh, I, should, I see it as the two biggest things in the 20th century, the First and Second World War, and, and especially when New Zealand was involved on an international stage, um, albeit in a horrible conflict, but it was, it's, it's a shared history with the rest of the world. I, I still see it as the most important, but whether a people saying we should be learning more about the land wars or the musket wars, is that what? What, what do you think? Um, I love, 
I'm, I'm also right into history. Um, like I spent 30 grand travelling around Europe just to go to old battlefields. But I, I, I live in Taranaki. It's actually in Whitechapel, so where the land wars kind of kicked off. So I, I, I love that history too, and I think it should be taught. But I wonder if one of the reasons the First and the Second World War are taught so much more, um, because some of it's still in living memory, but there's also much more mediums to draw from to teach, such as film, uh, lots of actual recordings from soldiers themselves, not just mm. generals after battles and that kind of thing. Whereas the land wars and, and the earlier musket wars, there's not a lot, well, even less so the musket wars, you know, there's not as much information and a lot of it is politically skewed or if that makes sense. Yes, a lot of it is very uh, politically skewed by both sides. Yes, a hundred percent. No, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I try. I try and it's not always easy, but form an unbiased view on history. Yeah. Um, that's why I like to read the, the soldiers' tales rather than the, that's the true. official. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, at the yeah. same time, at the same time, if you can drive, if you're driving State Highway One and you go past Langaliti and you say to somebody, "What's important about this place?" I bet you nine times out of ten, no one will know. Exactly. So we, we didn't learn a lot about it, and, and then even in the first and second world wars and social studies, and that we didn't learn a lot. But then again, it's hard to teach young, especially young males, to you know sit in a classroom drearing on about yeah. Adolf Hitler. Did the, right, so, the so, so Graham, if we have, uh, so here's the big thing: if we have a compulsory New Zealand history curriculum, <laughs> there are people concerned that what would be taught would not be impartial, that it would become propaganda. Do you have I, that concern? I would have that same concern. Um, okay. Yeah, I would.